We're continuing our Refresh series, a series that is designed to empower and help believers to improve their overall spiritual and emotional health. And we uh, begin this series talking about and addressing those who feel like they're running on empty. We feel spiritually drained and we begin the series by talking about the importance of connecting with God on a constant and regular basis through prayer and communicating with him. We talked about how that Jesus was able to do what he did as our example because he really stayed connected to the Father. Therefore, he was always replenished in his spirit. We also talked last week about starting over. Obviously, in this life, we're going to have moments in time where we fail. And that's not just before we got saved. Some of, some of that is after we get saved. And we talked about the importance of moving forward, how that no matter where we've been in life, no matter what we've done, uh, that we can start afresh with Jesus Christ. As the scripture says, his mercies are brand new every day. One of the most marvelous things that I love about our faith. And so today I want to talk about something that is very relevant to all of us. And this is, and this is overcoming bad relationships. Overcoming bad relationships. I understand that relationships sometimes can be very difficult. And sometimes relationships can be so difficult that there's a part of us that just want to disconnect ourselves altogether. In particular, we want to disconnect from certain people that we find to be uh, a problem uh, in our lives. But I want to remind you of something significant and that is that God so loved the world. When he talk about the world, he's talking about people. He so loved the world that he gave his son. God in the form of his son, Jesus Christ, God in flesh, came down to save people. And so we got to be careful as people and as the people of God that we do not become so isolated from people that we forget our assignment to connect with people. I want to say this, and I think it's really important, that you and I understand that God wants us to connect relationally with people. He wants us to connect with people. God wants us to engage people. And yes, even the people that we sometimes don't like. Sometimes people who don't share our values, they don't think like we think, they don't act like we act, and quite frankly, we don't like them. We, they, don't, they, don't, uh, belong, they don't have the same political belief systems I have. They're, they're, they're very different. And so for some of us, it's very easy, and Christians have gotten good at this because we know how to somehow uh, try not to violate the text but, 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 but what we fail to realize is that even though sometimes we don't violate the text, we violate the spirit of the text. Because you must understand that God called us to be a lover of people. Now, having said that, I do understand this. And I've learned this and, uh, through uh, walking with the Lord all these years. And one of the things that you can't do and you can't change people. You know, anybody ever try to change somebody? <laughs> I've tried that on a number of occasions. You sit down with them, right? You reason with them. You 
talk good sense to them. And, and boy, you feel like in your mind you got it right and you know you've cornered the market on this particular truth. And you try to convey yourself and somehow, no matter how much you talk, how hard you try, you cannot change people. And, and, and let me give you this. Red alert. You will never change people. Can't do it. Only God can do that. But here's what you can do. You can change you. So this message today is more about how you respond, how we respond, giving a situation in relationship. Because I understand this thing. I mean, we're, we're going into we're going into a happy season. But for some folks, this time of year brings on a lot of stress. Right. You got some family folks. You know, you got people you don't like. You got people in the family that show up. Man, it's like, oh, God, what are they coming? Oh, Lord. And, and, and you try real hard to avoid them. And and, you know, and and, 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 and and you know that as a Christian, you're supposed to be nice. But there's just something that every time you see that person, you are caged up. I mean, your emotions get all bottled up. And, and the Bible says who the sun sets free is free indeed. You're supposed to be free. But every time time you see that person, oh, it does make my skin crawl and make my blood boil. Anybody know anybody like that? Yeah. Yeah. You see, and, and, and the issue and the, the issue then becomes what are we to do as the people of God? Because at the end of the day, God has left you and I here to connect with people who are not right. <laughs> Let me, let me put it another way. He's left us here to connect with people that are broken. They're not right. They don't think right. And, and let me tell you something else. You ain't all right either. I know you think you're right. You think you're all that in the bag of chips. You think you got it all together. You got all knowledge. You got all power. You got your education. You're sharp. I mean, you know all. Oh, you don't know nothing. Because here's the issue. See, a little bit of humility will go a long ways. Because I do understand this, that this, that, that whenever we are engaging with other people, even the most the difficult ones, that we have an opportunity to, to rub off this wonderful Jesus that we all say we love so dearly. And yet, I understand that sometimes our response, and here's what we don't get, that sometimes it's not the person, it's, it's, it's more or less you. Has anybody ever said, this, this person make me sick? Has anybody ever uttered those words? Y'all not going to preach with me, are you? Y'all not going to help me today. <laughs> they make me sick. That's more of a problem with you. And your response. I want you to understand that you are responsible for in the amazing that when we get before God, <laughs> that I, I can't be bringing such a, my wife with me and this person with me. And Lord, we here we are all together. Oh, no, no, no. Everybody going to have to give an account to God for him or herself. It's amazing. So he called us to be different. Matthew chapter four, five, verses 14 and 16. I, I want you to look at this verse in the context of relationships, because we're talking today about relationships. Jesus says, now you're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. 
It says, nor do they light a lamp and put it on the basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men <laughs> that they may see your good works, and then you are glorifying your Father in heaven. Jesus says, we're the light of the world. Jesus says, the church is the light of the world. Not the government, not a political party, not your favorite institutions that you like to support. Jesus says that you, the church, are the light of the world. Christians then are to help people discover God's way. Now get this. So the way that I see this in light of relationships, that when it comes to how we relate, how we connect, how to love, how to get along with others, Christians are the moral leaders. Did y'all get that? Christians, watch this, we, we are supposed to specialize in relationships. Oh, y'all stay with me. This is going to be good. We, look, we are called to connect when people, because you understand that, that, that the, the, people don't know how to relate. How many know that people are just broken all around us and God's word gives us a prescription in terms of how to deal with other people. So when Jesus says we're the light of the world, in essence, he is saying that when it comes to relating and loving one another, caring and fixing relationships, we know how to do that because that's what we've been called to do. And in essence, that's who we are because we're connected with Christ. I love it when I hear unbelievers sometimes utter things like, I can't believe, I can't understand how that Christian, how that person can love somebody who did that to them. How could they forgive? You know why we can forgive? We can forgive a much because we've been forgiven much. Because we understand what we are, so we don't have a problem forgiving people because we understand that Jesus forgave a whole lot of our mess. And let me tell you something else. He's still forgiving your mess even today. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise for that. He's forgiving your mess. I'm glad that he don't reward me according to my sins. Is anybody hearing me today? He says, now, a city, watch this, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. See, the idea here in this particular text is that when we walk in the light of God's love, when we walk in the light of God's grace, when we walk according to his word, the prescription that he has given us, watch this, church, you won't have a problem standing out. You don't even have to try. Watch this. Just be a fundamental good Christian. Just walk in the word and you will stand out. That's what he's saying. He said, you can't, what? He said that you're a city that you cannot be hidden. He said this light has the capacity to give light to all who is in the house. He says there in verse number 15. So I want you to understand. So if you work in an environment, how many of you work in an environment, maybe live in an environment where relationships are very uh, strained, challenging, where you got, you know, people that talk about one another, people that are stabbing people, other people in the back, people that are gossiping, people that are slandering one another. How many of you are working or in, in atmospheres like that? Come on. Now watch this. Here's what Jesus is saying here. He says, why? Because this is what he's talking about. And it applies here. This scripture applies. He says that the light give light to all who is in the house. Why? First of all, because we're walking in the light. So in essence, what he's saying is that because 
you are there. Now, I know you've been praying for two years. You've been praying for a long time that God pull you up out of that environment that you're in because it is just such an ungodly place. I just hate this place. It's just not because I expect to go to work in a real nice Christian environment where they're playing Christian music and they're worshiping God and everybody is just loving on one. I, that's the place that I'm supposed to work. Mm -hmm. I hear the brothers sign me up. It ain't happening, not on this side of glory. So he puts you in places. He tags you, if you will. I speak in Facebook language. He tags you in, in places and in, in, in locations where there are strained and difficult relationships. And he plot you right down in there. And then you have an opportunity either to respond like them or to be different. In other words, church, here's what I'm trying to say. You can walk in the light in such a way that your light can change that whole atmosphere. <laughs> are y'all hear what I'm saying? He said, Pastor, no, I'm telling you, yes, you can. Watch this. If people know they can't come to you and slander other people, they ain't coming to you. If people know that no matter what, you always got something uplifting and positive to say, and you're walking in God's love, and you're believing God for the best, and you're praying for those people, and you're loving those people, and you're giving to those people, let me tell you, that's going to have an effect. It's going to change the environment. People will take notes. The Bible says, Jesus says here, he said, let people see your good works. Now, your good works is not your negative attitude. Don't let people see that. Your unforgiving spirit. How many know that ain't good works? Your vengeful spirit. Well, you know, they did it to me. I'm going to do it to them because I was born and raised. You don't know, I was born in Detroit. I come from Chicago. I was born in the streets of L.A. I, I come from the school of hard knocks. But don't you know that when you got saved, all oh, that's gone now? Do you know who you are? All <laughs> oh, that now is history. That's, that's gone. You've been wiped. That, that slate's been wiped clean. You, your identity is found with Christ in heaven. That's your affection. Colossians 3, 1, set your affection on things above because that's who you are. Because you died and your life is hidden with Christ. You died. Everybody say, I died. I know you don't like to say that, but, but that's the way you need to see yourself when you get saved, when you come into the kingdom of God. I'm dying to my old ways. And you know, you're supposed to be dying to that every, every, every day. You, you, there's just a part of you that's just, just dying off. That, that old flesh. Now watch this. He said, not your negative attitude, not an unforgiving, vengeful spirit, not a gossiping spirit. Those are not good works, not an argumentative spirit. You know, there's some folks that just love to argue for the sake of arguing. And you know what? And they're just out of order. That is not biblical. Just arguing for the sake of arguing because I want to argue with you. It's not biblical. That guy, let me tell you something. That generally don't get nobody saved. Pastor, how you know? I tried it. Don't work I walked away some winning some good arguments, man. I just I got I just realized after years of doing that, man, I studied just so I can prove you wrong. <laughs> I didn't study because I want to see you save. I studied because I want to show you how much I know. I want to prove you wrong. It don't help nobody. At the end of the day, we are here to win the loss. Come on, church. 
We're here to connect them with Jesus. That's why we cut all, cut all the baloney. Cut it all out. We're here to help connect people with God. You, Jesus said, are my witnesses. Walk in this love. Good works. He said, let me see your good works. A positive attitude. A loving and forgiving spirit. A kind spirit. Peace. Everybody say peace. Uh, watch this, church. So I'm going to help us today. Look at, go ahead and turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 17. No, there's no Romans chapter 17. No, I should have left it out there to see who would have caught on to that. Romans chapter 12. Dive back there laughing. Uh, y'all do realize there's no Romans chapter 17. Okay. So y'all not even going to talk at all. Y'all just going to sit there. Oh, Lord Jesus. Romans chapter number 17. I got you. All right. You're awake at least. Romans chapter 12, verse 17 and 21. Romans chapter 12. You know, look at this verse. This is the verse. This verse is amazing verse. It is power packed. But I, I, see, somebody's going to get delivered today. You will never do relate. Your heart is right. All right. I mean, if you're not here just listening with the wrong, if, you, if your heart is right, if you're not here just listening just to get through it, if, if, if you're really like asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you right now, if your heart is really right, this message is going to greatly help you when you walk up out of here. It's going to help you tremendously in relationship. You'll never be the same. I promise you, if you apply what I'm about to say to you right now. He says, now watch this. He says, repay no evil for evil. <laughs> I got that. That's, that's one point. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with everybody, all men, as much as it depends on you. Do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vision is mind. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, starve him. If your enemy is hungry, don't get him nothing to drink. If your enemy needs a ride, don't pick him up. If your enemy is laying on the side of the street, don't help him. It's your enemy. Is that what the scripture says? No. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, then now the spirit behind this verse is that, 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 that do take good care of them. So, so don't just go give them some scraps, but feed them. Mm. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, he coals a fire on his head. And do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with what? How are you going to overcome evil? So he says, repay no evil for evil, right? That's what he says. In other words, can, I want to put it in plain language because I want this. I want to make it applicable to where you are. In other words, don't gossip about them because they gossip about you. See, because then you're trading evil for evil. It's not going to work. Don't slander them because it's where well, they talked about me. I'm going to talk about them. Uh, uh, don't you get it? Now you, you, you're trading evil for evil. That doesn't work. Don't ignore them with intent. Because they ignored you. You know how Christians are, man. Christians are, I, I know some Christians who are so anointed. Here's what they do. They say, man, I ain't got time for you. I, I, I got, I got, I'm too busy. I got to serve the Lord. I ain't got time for your, your junk. And, and we get to a point, man, that, that sometimes we just, we just ignore people. 
And in our spirit, man, we, you know what I mean? I'm talking about in your spirit. You ignore them. You don't even acknowledge them. Now, I want you to think about it. Only, think about the person that you don't like or the person you have. No, because you like everybody. You love. I'm, I'm gonna, pardon me. You love everybody. Think about that person that just make it hard for you. Is that better? Okay. So, so that person, so, you know, if that person just ignores you. And then you just say, well, I ain't going to speak to you either. Now, you know, there's a battle of wheels in the spirit because they know and you know we don't like each other. So, you know what? I ain't got nothing to do with you. Who's going to be the bigger person here? See, I like to go in a situation where people don't want to talk to me and I know there's some friction. I'll walk right up in. How you doing today? I just, boy, you that'll blow the enemy wide open. Because you are not doing what the enemy wants you to do. You're totally opposite. Watch now. He said, don't, he said, so whatever wrong they do to you, don't you do it. All right? He said, if it's possible, live at peace with everybody. In other words, as much as it depends on you, because you can't control people, but I can control me. And I'm not going to let you dictate to me what kind of person I'm supposed to be. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Come on, y'all got to work. Somebody need to preach with me. You, you're not going to, I'm not going to give you that kind of power. You will not have that kind of thought. I don't care what you did to me when I was a kid. I don't care what you did to me the other day. I don't care how you hurt me. I am going to love you. I will not be hostage to negative emotions and bad, unforgiving spirit. I'm not going there because I've been redeemed. So, if possible, see, you can be, let others can walk in anger. By the way, can I say this? Have you ever seen a person just, I mean, honestly, just, let's just let's talk. Have you ever seen somebody just standing by themselves, arguing at themselves, just punching themselves or hitting themselves or fussing? You ever seen that? Usually when there's an argument, how many, don't you know usually somebody on the other end? See, I like to disarm people. You know, it's an amazing thing, you know, I'm a big guy. As you, you probably know, and I used to be bigger than what I am now, believe it or not. And uh, I mean, muscular. I was a muscular guy back in the day when I was in my youth. So I remember one time this guy wanted, I, I came up, I was, you know, working patrol as a policeman. I came into this one community. I had to work a case. The guy walks up. And, uh, you know, and I said, you, uh, I said, you're under arrest. And turn around, put your hands behind your back. I ain't doing it. Uh, I said, sir, you're under arrest. You, you're going. So he drops back and he just start doing like this and he start bouncing like this. I mean, literally, he just went into a stance like he going to fight. So me and my partner, I, and I just told him, I said, don't, do, don't do nothing. We just, I just stood there and I watched him do this. And I just waited. And, and I said, are you done? And finally, he just said, all right, all right, man, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. What I'm trying to say is that. That, that I saw what he, he was reacting in a certain way and it wasn't going to change me. See, here, here's what I'm trying to say to you, church. When we walk in the spirit, we have power. Are y'all getting this? When you walk with God, you don't allow other people to dictate to you who you are supposed, God called you to be a certain way. And, and, and you can't allow people, if you, if you give up that territory, that's on you. If you let people make you feel 
nasty or do, then that's don't don't give that you walk in love. Let me let me just keep going here because I, I feel like I'm not I'm not getting through with this. But he says now in verse 19, he says, don't avenge yourselves. Now, this is now Paul is talking. Now, this is why Paul says it. Paul says, don't avenge yourself. The reason why he's saying that, because he, he's saying it in the context that, that there's somebody here has been done wrong. Right. And, and there's a temptation to say, you know what? I've been done wrong. I've done nothing wrong to this person. So there's a, you know, they did this to me. And there's a temptation in your flesh that you naturally want to get them back. In some way, some form. I mean, you might tamper down a little bit, but something in your head where you just play this movie. Anybody ever played a movie over and over again? If I just had the opportunity, here's what I'd do. And so you go to your quote unquote, your happy place. And you just imagine all the things that you can do to that person. And here's what I want you to remember when you start imagining that, that God knows your heart. <laughs> Are y'all listening to me? He knows your thoughts. He knows exactly what's going on in that brain of yours. And so you got to be careful with that because he sees just like it's naked. Not everything is wide open to him to whom we must give an account. It says, we don't avenge ourselves. Why, why don't we take vengeance? Why don't we, why don't we try to get them back? Here's why you don't try to get back. Because God is saying, if you step out of the way and you love people the way I want you to love them, if you treat them the way I want you to treat them, no matter how they treated you, here's what he's saying. He said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Here's what he's saying. This is where your trust comes in. He's saying that if you step out of the way and give the thing to me and trust me, I'll take care of it. See, watch this, church. When you try to take matters into your own hands and, and take your own vengeance, then in essence, here's what you've done. You've taken the place of God. Because God says, vengeance is mine. He said, that's mine. You don't do that. As a good, no, you don't try to get him back. No, let me handle that. You walk with me. And that's why he says the, how we are to treat our enemy. He says, now watch this. He says, don't be overcome. Don't overcome evil by doing evil, but you'll overcome evil by doing good. Verse 21. I, I said this a moment ago. That it confuses the enemy. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want, I want to put some of you on assignment. So you find that person, whoever it is, that you have trouble with. It may be a friend. It may be your mother. It may be your father. It may be a brother. It may be a cousin. It may be a co-worker. It may be a neighbor across the street. It may be whoever. And, and, and let's just say, for, for the sake of this sermon, that, that you have been having issues with this person. Here's what I want you to do. Now, and, and, and you've been kind of reciprocating. In other words, there's this, this hostility. Here's what I want you to think about doing. Think about doing something really, really good to that person. Now, why I say that? Because the Bible says you overcome evil by doing what? Good. You don't go overcome evil by reciprocating the same evil. So here's the thing. I got to do good. So I got to figure out, and here's what I know, it confuses Satan, and it confuses people. Think about it for a moment. If you have somebody that is a, a problem, and, 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 and they are expecting you to respond a certain way, because it's natural, right? And everybody else responds this way. I'm supposed, so if, 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 if they do this, then it's natural. And the devil is banking on you being motivated by your flesh. 
The devil, the devil, for, for some Christian, that's why for some Christian, he just, he got you like a yo-yo. The devil is banking. He knows you're going to lose it. He knows you're going to get mad. He knows that you're going to try to try to take matters into your own hands. He knows that you're going to return evil for evil. And here's the problem. You may feel better, but you're not winning. If you do it, if you try to take matters into your own hands, if you return the evil, you, 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 you will feel better. But in the end, you won't get any real victory. You won't get any real victory. Why? Because the way that you overcome evil is by doing good. So here's what I got to focus on. So what can I, what good can I do? Okay, Thanksgiving is coming up. What good could I do to this neighbor? You will probably mess them up. If it's somebody that you've been in the hostage, boy, you'll probably, and I know some of you are thinking, I don't want to have nothing to do with them anyway. So I don't want to give some turkey. Then we might become, then you need to deal with that, right? But think about it. If you go bless them, that'll mess them up. They'll be like, well, why are you doing it? Obviously, they're going to be looking skeptical, like, what's up with you? What, what, what are you doing this for? But I'm talking about doing it with the right heart, with the right spirit, with the right attitude. It confuses the enemy. Satan knows because when, when you do it, see, I'm in an environment right now. Let me just give you a little testimony. See, I'm in an environment right now. My work is hostile. I mean, it's, I mean, almost everybody, I think most of us are on the prayer app. I almost sent out a prayer, and I meant to send it. Y'all pray for me because I was in a, in a relational attack at work. I mean, there have been some people that's been saying some things about me that's not true, that's been misrepresenting me, and that's been saying, and I'm sitting back and I'm like, oh, 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 no. And they're, you know, they're brand new people just came in my unit, and I'm like, oh, no. And every part of me just wanted, and, and, and then all of a sudden I came back to work and people started giving me kind of like the attitude, and there was a part of me that wanted to say, I'm gonna give you the attitude too. And, and, and by the way, I just can't wait till you just open your mouth. I'm ready to just let you know. And the Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of me. That's why I'm preaching to you today. So I preach out of my life. <laughs> so no, you can't do that. So watch it. So, so, and, and I got so mad, I had to go to retirement on Sunday, retirement celebration. And I, and I said, I ain't going. <laughs> I don't want to go. Because the person that was retiring, you know, that was one of the person that was causing me the problems. And God said, I wanted you to go. <laughs> Not only did I go, but during the retirement, my name probably came up more than anybody else. And when I came, they asked me to make some comments, you know, and I had to go make some comments. And, and you know, and, and I was praying the whole time. I said, Lord, give me the grace. Give me. And, you know, and I went in that situation and, and you know, and I said, Lord, give me the grace. And I, and, and I just I just loved. I gave. I, I, I did all the right things. And I asked God to help me to do it from the heart. And do you not know that, that, that all those negative vibes, I just crashed them? I mean, because people were expecting me. They, they expect me. Hell, he ain't going to say nothing because he's too mad. And I said, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to talk. I'm going to get up and I'm going to make some. And I did. I walked right into that situation. I'm just telling you that this stuff works. That when, when, some, when there's evil stuff going on around you, when there's this negativism that's happening around you, the way you crush it is that just walk into it and just be a lover. Don't give, don't give negative vibes back. Whatever people give you, don't give it back to them. They give you, y'all know what I'm talking about when I say negative vibes. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't even have to say something to some people. We just have an understanding. <laughs> you got the folks like that. We just got an understanding. We know. I mean, don't let that, don't be hostage to that. Because I'm going to show you something in a moment. I, I don't want to over. Okay, so overcoming bad, I got I to hurry up. I only got about five minutes left. So here we go. 
So, and, and, and so let me just kind of reflect here what Jesus said in, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. And I'm, I'm getting ready to close. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, verses 43 and 48. So Jesus said this now, and I'm not going to read the whole verse, but he says, you've heard, you've heard it say, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. All right. It's kind of a, you know, I believe the people, even in Old Testament, just kind of took that out of context because God does love people. And, uh, and, and you got people today that are saying, yeah, you know, you love your neighbor, hate your enemy. That's kind of. You know, that's kind of the way that the world thinks, but that's not God's way. And Jesus spoke with such authority. He said, but I say to you, he's saying, but look, when he said, but I say to you, he's saying, look, you cancel everything else you ever heard. But now your master is speaking. But I say to you, he says it with authority. But I say to you, here's what I want you to do. Love your enemies. Don't harbor ill toward those who have ill towards you. I want you to love your enemies. And, and church, let me know that God is not, Jesus is not going to let us get away with just saying it, but he wants us to do it. That it I'm talking about is love. See, love is not, see, mm, you know how people say I love you. How many of you have heard that a lot? And, uh, you know, but, but, but you don't know, love is not just talk. Love is demonstrated, right? I mean, real love is demonstrated. He says, man, if somebody say they're hungry, they want something to eat, and you got it within your, your power to take care of it, and you say you love God, then you ought to step up and, and help them demonstrate your love. Jesus is saying here, he says, watch this. He says, love your enemies. But then he takes it a step further. He says, watch this. Watch, watch what he says here. But I, he says, love your enemies. And watch this. And then do. Everybody say do. Come on, y'all work with me. Everybody say do. I, I didn't actually do nothing hard, right? Just do. Do action. Is that an action verb? I mean, I'm not an English person, but do. I'm just asking it. It's action, right? Do something. Don't just say because some of us got away. We, we're, good, we're good Christians because we know how to say all the Christianese. I love you. But we ain't doing nothing to show it, to back it up. Here's what real love does. Real love, it demonstrates. You know, he said, do good to those. Do good to them. Figure out a way to do good. To do, watch this. Let me put it to you in terms you can understand. Figure out a way to do good to your haters. <laughs> Figure out a way to bless them. And then he said, pray for them. Do good to them. Pray for them. In other words, don't just say it, but I want you to pray. And I want you to pray specifically for the one that has spite and malice, who use you, who persecute you, who make life very hard for you. I want you to show them some love. Show it to them. Don't just say it. Because love. This kind of love, agape eo love, is love that is demonstrated here. He says, watch this. This is, I love this verse. He says, that, in verse 45, that you might be sons of your father in heaven. You get that, right? So God is calling out his kids. He says, one of the ways that people know that you are mine, this is what God is saying, is how that you love and you take care of or you love people who are your enemies. People who are your enemies, people who make life hard for you. He's Jesus. It's like Jesus saying that, that God's children, they know how to love. They love their enemies. They love the unlovable. They love the haters. They love the backstabbers. They embrace them. They love them. This is what they do. These are my kids. 
This is what God is saying. He said, my kids, they don't act that way. You know, parents, you got kids, and you know when they don't act the way they should act, you know how you say, man, they, you ain't acting like a Bailey. You ain't acting like you're supposed to. You, the Hubbards don't act that way. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? You know, God is saying, Jesus is saying here that you might be the sons of your father. This is how people are going to identify with you. He says, because if you love those who love you, boy, this hurts. Verse 4 to 6 and verse 4 to 7. Boy, this hurts. He says, if you love those who love you, you ain't getting no reward. <laughs> he said, he said, look, y'all said, but how many know that it's real easy to love people that love you? How much effort do that take? How much effort does it take to, to give and serve somebody else who give and serve you? But how many know it takes a whole lot of effort to do people who don't do those things to you? And Jesus says, but watch, here's the thing. He says, now, if, if, if you do this, he says, then you'll be blessed. That's what he's saying. He says, because you're not going to receive no reward because we, we all Christian, we all think alike. We do. Oh, I mean, we should treat each other right. We should love one another. But you don't get anything special. But, 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 but boy, when you walk outside that, those doors and, boy, and you love the unlovable and, and, and the people that hate you, you treat them a certain way. Boy, God says you get a reward for that. Because you're doing it by faith. See, some of you right now, you're going to leave this place and you're going to go find somebody. I, I'm believing God for you. Some of you, you're going to leave this place and you're going to go and you're going to find somebody to love. And when I say somebody to love, you're going to find somebody that has made life very difficult for you. Kind of by a show of hands, how many of you, just by a show of hands, just say that you got somebody in your life relationally that's made life difficult for you? Come on, raise your hand. I just want to see. Mm. Boy, this message just for y'all, ain't it? The rest of y'all must not be talking to people. Because <laughs> I'm telling you right now, because when you are, when you are, the more you're involved with people, you're going to run into some stuff. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Then lastly, I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 3. This is, and I want you to, to get this because part of this, and I'm closing, but part of this, this verse, this is 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, verses 13 to 16, because, um, I want you to understand that how you do relationships can have an effect on somebody's salvation. I, I want everybody to stand up because this is probably the most important part. Let me get everybody to stand up, please. If you can stand, if you can, if you can, if you can't, then remain sitting. Because this is the most important part. Um, why do we do relationships and why do we allow ourselves sometimes to be um, ridiculed and abused by people? Because sometimes no matter what you do to people, how you treat people, there are some people who are just, they're going to they're continue to do what they do because they are who they are and they need to get right with God. You can't control that. But here's what I want you to understand. He says here, and who is he who will harm you? This is First Peter. He said, who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But if you just suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed. See? Look at that. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. He's telling you, don't be afraid of their threats. You know, if you suffer for doing what is right, God's going to bless you. That's what he's saying. When we treat people the right way. God's going to take care of it. He said, you don't need to be afraid of people's threats. You know, you're suffering because you're doing what is right. He said, but sanctify the Lord God. Look right in the middle of this verse. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience when they defame you as evildoers. Those who revalue your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. Now look at this. 
If you still listen to me, say amen. He says, now, right in the middle of that verse, he talks about, look, look, I want you to understand. He talks about in the front part of it, he talks about suffering for doing what is right. And then on the back part of that verse, he talks about, you know, make sure you have a good conscience and, and you know, and all of that. And that, 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 that even if they try to accuse you of something, that it's going to be empty. People are going to find out it's not true because you didn't follow through. You didn't behave that way. But I want you to understand, right in the middle of that verse, he says, set apart Christ and be ready to give an answer for the hope that is in you. I want you to get that. Right in the middle of that verse, doesn't even seem like it fits, but he plots it right there in this relational context. He's, he's talking about relating to somebody, and right in the middle of that, he's talking about, he said, now, now be ready, set Christ apart, sanctify the Lord God in your heart, and be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks of the hope that is in you. Now watch, this, this is what this is all about. Your, the way you treat people and the way you respond to people, let me put it to you that way, can affect their salvation. Here's what I do know. I, I do know this, that there, I have a better chance of winning somebody to Christ when I walk and I act like Christ. Are y'all with me? You, you, when I walk in love. Here's what I do know. If I reciprocate evil, if I, if I, if I harbor bad feelings, unforgiveness, and all of those things, I know that my chance to be able to, to influence somebody to come to Christ have lessened tremendously. But I have a greater chance of helping people get right with God if I make sure that no matter how they treat me, that I honor God with the way I treat them. Because who, I mean, you know that you're not, don't make yourself a slave to people. You're a slave to Christ, right? You're his servant. So why are you being nice to me? Because my master told me to be. Why are you loving me after all I did to you? Because I'm a child of God and he's my master and I serve him. You see, so if you become a slave to other people, then you let them dictate to you how you're supposed to act. Don't do that. You're a slave to Christ. So watch. So I know this, that my relational uh, uh, interaction with people has something to do with whether or not people can get it right with God. So while you're sitting there saying, I don't want to avoid that person. I don't want to have nothing to do with you. What if God called you to be the one to help lead them to Christ? What about, what if they, I mean, I would, I'm thinking if I'm crazy, if I'm crazy, I'm thinking if I'm crazy and I'm doing a lot of crazy stuff to somebody and, and they're not reciprocating that, but they keep loving me and they're treating me, that would mess me up. I'd be like, what's up with you? Why do you keep loving me? And I, you know, I think, I think that'll make me pause. And I want you to understand something, church. A lot of people are not getting right with God. I, I, I hate to say this because Christians are not right with God themselves in the way they're acting. That's why a lot of people ain't getting saved because we're not right because we're holding grudges. We're holding unforgiveness. We're holding bitterness. We're reciprocating all of the mess that they're giving us and we're supposed to be different. So Christ can't be exalted until we get off the throne and let him lead us. And then we'll get relational freedom. And then you won't have to look forward to Christmas and Thanksgiving and worry about whether or not this person or that person is going to show up. Because you're not hostage to that. Because you know how to love. And you know how to overcome whatever bad they do. I'm going to do good to you. That's how I'm going to get you back. I'm going to get you back. How are you going to get me back? I'm going to love you. The worse, the better you treat me, the more I'm going to love you. Try that on for size. Try that on for size. You tried everything else. It ain't working. Just try that. It is about. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus.